Hi there, I'm Cameron. And I'm Danny. And this is Mages and Murder Dads. Uh, this is our ninth episode. We've done it. Wow. We're, we're, you know that uh you know that image in nineteen eighty four about like the, the government being just this this boot stamping on a human face forever? Mm-hmm. I feel like this podcast is just a boot stamping on the face of a naysayer forever. Oh, man. Like our very existence is uh, like self-perpetuating and legitimating? Well, like we're, just, we're, doing we're, it? we're just taking it to the naysayers every episode, and we're going to do it until virtually the end times. Well, until, uh, until the, um, the earth grows so large as to swallow, or the sun grows so large as to swallow the earth. I think the alternative's even sexier, right? The Earth just growing and growing it until so it big. blots out the sun. It's the uh, what do you call it? Uh, the expanding Earth theory. Yeah, it's a real yeah. thing. Look mm-hmm. it up. That's our new podcast, Expanding Earth, twenty four seven. Let's go with it. All right. So yeah, this is the only podcast probably that is dedicated to the Baldur's Gate series, and uh, we're kind of closing in on the end of Baldur's Gate. One, where this episode, like we said at the end of the last episode, it's all about uh, the Tales of the Sword Coast, which is the first expansion, I guess the only like original expansion pack for Baldur's Gate, even though uh, the Enhanced Edition, which is what we're playing through, has two expansion packs, technically, which is the Black Pits, which we might be playing. I know I've committed to playing it before, but it looks like it's just kind of a bunch of battles over and over again. We need to do more research, and then Siege of Dragon Spear, which we are definitely playing mm-hmm. after this. Here at the top, uh, I think it's important just to say, hey, if you like this episode, hit the like button at the bottom of this little YouTube page. Hit the subscribe button. That really helps us out. You can follow me on Twitter. You could follow Danny on Twitter, but he doesn't have a Twitter anymore. He had it for like two days. Yeah, kind of like how I said, hey, I'll try a new party member out. At the at the very end of last episode, mm-hmm. we were like, "Oh well, I wonder how." And you told me, "Hey, don't tell anybody about that. Mm-hmm. Wait until the beginning of next episode." But yeah, I, I had a Twitter for like a hot minute. Are you going to talk about that that one guy? Um, yeah, no, he was annoying. Much much like Twitter, I didn't like it when I when I when I added him to my party, and I didn't like his incessant, you know, little little talking, little little tweeting. So. I uh I kicked him out of my party. Brutal. Yeah. Well, so you can follow me on Twitter if you like uh, incessant uh, patter. And uh, you can support the show if you like the show on Patreon. And now we have a Facebook page. An, Whoa. Of, an official Facebook page for Mages and Murder Dads. I made a new little graphic for it. Um, and so far I've like just posted like pictures of the Forgotten Realms source book from D&D. Stuff like that. Which is a, that's a fun time. Why wouldn't it's, you go look oh, at that? It's a good, it's a good page. I like it. You can go give that a like. There'll be a link in the bottom. Anyway, today we're talking about, well, today for you, today for us. We're talking about Tales of the Sword Coast, and we're talking about Olgoth's Beard, this goofy little city. We've already done some stuff. We we met the maid Chandelar here, and we uh, did a quest for him. He sent us to an island we didn't want to go to. 
and uh, and then we had a dream. But before we get into that, let's uh, let's open it up with a uh, with our big freewheeling question. Oh, you know what? I almost got ahead of myself. And you're so excited. Big, I see you highlighting sweet, it sweet in the expansion expansion content. Oh, that expansion content though is mm-hmm. so good. So, Nanny. We've we've yeah. talked about a lot of different stuff here, right? We've talked about the narrative. We've talked about the best uh, the best alcoholic beverage on the Sword Coast. Mm-hmm. We've talked about just a bunch of different things. But here's the new question for you: What is the best magic spell in the game, Baldur's Gate? So we're we're this we're saying Baldur's Gate one. We're limiting it to B G one. Hmm. Protection from petrification. Or <laughs> That's it? I I reckon so, right? Yeah. Well, I get why. Why is it because that's the only thing that kills Balthazar? I mean, yeah, but it's also like I imagine spell and also spell like effects that you can you can get from a potion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there there is just a section of this game that is just I mean, without reloading 50 times is virtually impossible without that spell, so... Well, viewers of this podcast know, video slash podcast, know that I have no problems with reloading 50 times. Mm. I've re- I've reloaded this game probably 250 times. I think it was early on, maybe episode one or two, where one of our viewer listeners mm-hmm. um, said, hey, they made a suggestion, hey, you should keep a death counter for... Uh, for good old, um, good old Ticklevar. Mm-hmm. And you said, absolutely not. That would take far too much effort. It would. It would take so long. What would what would the count be here at the top of episode nine? Oh, God. I, for this episode, a little preview for people for the rest of this episode. <laughs> I, uh, during some of the stuff I tried to do for this episode, I probably reloaded the game 40 times. And that was just, just this episode. Just this episode, yeah. So multiply Damn. that by nine. Damn. It's probably like 80 billion. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at math. No. But hey, well, what about you? I, I'm, I'm mm. going pure utilitarian here. Magic Let's pick missile. Magic missile? It's pew, 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 pew. What about all the other spells? I don't know. What's well, the, I'll be what? honest with you. <laughs> T- today, in this episode, Ticklevar leveled up. Oh. And he was able to get... Melf's Minute Meteors. Where's Is it she? minute? I think it's just... Oh, it might be minute. I don't know why I mm-hmm. said minute. It's got to be minute. Because they're a little bitty. Yeah. I would. Ho- I mean, otherwise, it's these are temporal meteors. Yeah, well, it takes one minute to throw them all. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's a, it, that's an actual factual claim. Mm-hmm. No. So, Melf's what does Minute it do? Meteors. It's, so, you get like 10 little meteors in your hands, and you can throw five around, and you just... Huck them at dudes. And so like at, your fireballs. character's actually throwing them the yes. same way as like a sling or what have you? Oh, no. It, yeah, I mean, kind of. But but in both hands. So get that mental image. It's more like if you had like a bunch of hockey pucks in your hand and you were just... Like pretending you were an X-Man when you were a little kid. Mm-hmm. Well, d- does it uh, does it does it slay baddies? Well, it slays some baddies. It doesn't slay a greater wolfware. Doesn't even affect it. Damn. Ask me how I know about the greater wolfware. Well, I feel like we're we're getting there. We're gonna get there. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're gonna find out. 
That's mm-hmm. the bane of my existence. And I think it's literally a third of this episode, the way we've got it structured here in the Google Well, box, you don't so. want to tell people that at the beginning. <laughs> there we go. They, they might jettison very quickly, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that the greater wolfware is going to be the majority of our content today. Hmm. But it's not. So we had a dream. And uh, in that dream, this weird, goofy voice thing that, like, repeatedly talks to you over and over again. We've had these dreams, like, the whole game. And it's like, oh, you know you're really bad. Ah, you know that you're special in some way or whatever. Mm -hmm. In this video, or in this dream, um, it came and it was like, hey, you want to murder now, right? And I was like, no. I don't want to murder at all. Hmm. And this spirit thing, whatever it is in the dream, got so scared that it ran away. But then it said, but you know who does want to murder? Saravok. And, and I think there's supposed to be like piano bum 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 for that. Hmm. Yeah. And so Sorry, basically, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't playing my role as sound effects. Let's do it again. Sure to get on that. Let's do it one more time. Saravok. There we go. So yeah, so basically the game just says, look, to finish this stupid thing, you've got to go kill Saravok, <laughs> and it's morally justified for you to murder that guy. You know it's morally justified when a dream tells you. Yeah, well, that's the only way to know. Historically, we know the only way to know if murder is morally justified is if it is given to you in a dream. Mm-hmm. It's just facts. So this is ironclad here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's the dream we had, um, and that kind of is, I guess, supposed to be funneling you into the end of the game, because we are in the final chapter of the game while we're doing this, like, side quest expansion content over here. Yeah, expansion content that, unless we put it on a checklist, would just get, we'd just skip it. Like, there's no, I never really got a breadcrumb to it. Well, the uh, I, there is some in that Thebes Guild quest because it says that Chandelar lives in Olgoth's beard, and Olgoth's yeah. beard is always on your map. Sure. So, I mean, I agree. There's not like a good breadcrumb, but... Not a narrative one. No. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you want to go report to a guy that you killed his daughters, if that's like what you're into. Mm. Just to be in a good Samaritan. Yeah, just like After being know. a very bad Samaritan. Well, you got to have a bad Samaritan. For the good one to make any sense. I just feel like our literary and biblical history does not account for the morally ambiguous Samaritan. Mm, The Samaritan who's just like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, that guy's over there. Like a Samaritan who like flips a quarter at the guy in the ditch. Mm. Mm -hmm. I thought we were going no country for old men in a second. Call it. (laughs) Why? I'm the morally ambiguous Samaritan. We're going to find out what I'm going to do. I don't even know. It's a quarter. <laughs> if it's if it's heads, you get to keep it. You, no, I'm just I'm giving you a quarter. <laughs> what do I stand to gain? Well, everything you stand to gain, and also a quarter, <laughs> like infinity plus one, or not, just depends. Um, join us next week for Cormac McCarthy film adaptation hour. It would only take about an hour. <laughs> It's not that much. Pretty that's easy. True. That's true. Um, we'll talk about most of it. Like all the other episodes will just be speculation on James Franco's adaptation of Blood Meridian. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So we're in Olgoth's beard. 
Yeah. And uh, so I went and found, we kind of split this episode up, so we weren't, because yeah. co- this content is interminable. It just goes on forever, like mm-hmm. this particular content. So basically, it seems like there's only two big things to do in this expansion, and so we each did one of them. We kind of mm-hmm. split it up outside the podcast. So I decided to do... Well, uh, hold on. The well, bigger story here was Kunzelman said, there is no way in the deepest pits of hell that I am ever going to do Durlag's Tower. So I said, okay, I'll do Durlag's Tower. You do this other thing. Like, let's be transparent. Well, I don't think we had to be, but yeah, that is what <laughs> happened. I said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I refuse yeah. to do that. And so I did not. Mm-hmm. But you did a different thing. I did a different thing. So I went and talked to this guy named Mendez... Maybe that's how you put M-E-N-D-E-S. I don't know. Game mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of voice acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I went to talk to him, and he said, look. Well, maybe I should give a little backstory first. There's a guy named Baldurin. And mm. Baldurin has a bunch of items, like the Sword of Baldurin and the Helm of Baldurin. I think there's boots? Or, no, there's a Cloak of Baldurin, I think. Boat shoes. The boat shoot, the uh, the penny loafers of Baldurin. There <laughs> is also a butter knife of Baldurin, by the way. Mm. That is real. But uh, so basically, like in the the lore of of Baldur's Gate, he's the guy who uh, founded Baldur's Gate. He's like an adventurer who like ran around the Sword Coast and all kinds of cool stuff. But he disappeared one day. Ooh, ooh, off on an adventure, right? And so, uh, so I talked to this guy, and he said. I know where Baldurin went. Like, I know where his ship crashed on his final voyage. And you're like, oh, man, that's awesome. He says, you got to go back to Baldur's Gate. You got to go steal the sea charts from someone. Well, darn. I know. So this is the first time I've been back to Baldur's Gate since we did Candlekeep, like, two episodes back, an episode ago, whatever. And so the, it's the first time I've been back to Baldur's Gate since I was accused of killing uh, all of the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. Except one. Well, except for Saravak, who was just like a lackey. Mm-hmm. Right, like in the actual infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So I go back. All kinds of stuff's happening. A, number one, I am wanted by the Flaming Fist. Sure. They're hunting me down. Number two, Scar, the guy who's been giving me all my Flaming Fist quests, he's dead. Mm. Straight up, he's dead. Uh, am I on three? Yeah, I, I'm okay. Three. Duke Elton is like bedridden with sickness. Might as well be dead. Might as well be dead. Uh, so I'm like running around. I'm trying to find this place called the Merchants League, and I go into the Merchants League, and I'm dodging all these flaming fist dudes because they. I'll, well, I'll explain in a second. But so I go into the Merchants League. I say, hey, I need to get these C charts, and I just get attacked by like twelve dudes. They're hmm. just, they're you know, uh, you know, just kind of like generic old guys defending their home that I've invaded. Hmm. Kill them all. Go up to floor number two, just the second floor of this building. No one up there knows a single thing that I've done downstairs. And there's a cancellation. I'm telling you, but nobody does it like the contractors in Baldur's Gate. Yeah, they know how to make something. Air tight and uh, sound tight, soundproof. It's the egg crate shape mm-hmm. of all building interiors. Mm-hmm. 
armor really absorbs a lot of sound. Hippogriff feathers. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are there hippogriffs in the Forgotten Realms? I, they, there should be. There's got to be. Mm-hmm. It's the, the Whomping Willow. There you go. Uh, but, anyway. Nobody knows. Well, I know. Well, no, I'll look it up knows. in the source book, and I'll put it on the Facebook. I was saying, nobody knows what you did downstairs. No one knows. No one has a single idea, and there's a drunk sea captain up there. Hmm. And he says, I need more booze. So I have to go find this place called, place called like, the Blushing Mermaid, and I cannot find it. I wandered around for probably 20 minutes of real time trying to find it. Lo and behold, the northeastern part of Baldur's Gate is actually split in two with a big wall, and you have to enter it from the western part in order to get to the western part of that one map. It's the only part of this game that is this way. Yeah. Super strange. Yeah, oddly enough, the Blushing Mermaid was where that asshole Merrick was that poisoned me. Yeah. Okay. So I met Merrick and Lathander. Hmm. And I just told them I didn't have time to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> and and they didn't tell me they poisoned me. So I'm yeah, just no, assuming so I'm not You poisoned. don't get poisoned in the Blushing Mermaid. You get poisoned in a different establishment. Uh, so, like, you just haven't triggered the beginning of that quest. So they're just hanging out right now. So just don't go in any other bars. I don't what remember What if I just preemptively killed them? Mmm. That'd be interesting. Tune in next week. To find when, out what when, happens. When Kunzelman breaks the game, get poisoned, and he has no way to, to like resolve the quest because mm. the, the quest givers are dead. Console commands. Mm. But I... Uh, so yeah, so I go in there, go in the Blushing Mermaid. I get this booze. I, I finally go back and do this. And this whole time I'm running around and trying to avoid these Flaming Fist people. And eventually one comes up to me. He triggers. He says, hey, you are wanted by whatever, the Flaming Fist. And I said, listen... I don't respect the authority of the Flaming Fist. <laughs> you have killed. I know that Duke Elton is supposed to be the leader here. And some guy named An- uh, Angelo is like now the Angelus. Angelus is like their leader. And I was basically, I don't respect this court. <laughs> and mm, I'm a, you're a, you're sovereign citizen. I, yes. <laughs> this, this, this entire yes. situation. Chicklevar is 100%. Are you detaining me? <laughs> am I being detained? Goodbye. I'm walking away now. Uh, so yeah, I tried to do that and, uh, yeah, so basically click through the thing until I was just like, listen, if you don't let me go, I will have to kill you despite the fact that I know that it will damage me in the eyes of the people. And so basically the game is like, you're going to take a reputation hit if you fight this flaming fist guy. Mm-hmm. So I did it anyway and I killed him and I took a reputation hit of nine. Ooh, yeah, it was big, big hit. That's bigger than having Vaconia in your party. Well, so here's the thing. I was at 18, and at 19, Vaconia leaves. So I was actually saving myself. Mm. But anyway, so I found... So that was when I was looking for the Blushing Mermaid. And when I finally figured out where it was, I was like, oh, well, I could just go... I could reload my save and then just not have to kill that guy. And I thought, no, it is more appropriate and better in the spirit of this podcast to live with the fact that I had to unwillingly kill that guy because of my hubris. I think that, it, you know, it plays into our, you know, our the ethos of our podcast. There have been some stuff that 
um, in this in the second playthrough. So not counting the time that I've restarted the entire game and played played up through the Nashville mines with no party. Um, but you know, I've missed some tomes that are really good, like a strength tome down at the bottom of Candlekeep. That that's rough. I'll never get that opportunity back. But you know, in, in Baldur's Gate. Um, you live with the consequences, mm-hmm. and it's a harsh world out there. Mm-hmm. And so I am. So I'm living with the the nine reputation hit, and the the weight in my heart that I killed just a guy trying to do his job, and the continued cooperation of Vaconia. There's also some benefit for yeah, you. Yeah, it's here. it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm not I'm not. There's ways to get your reputation down, other other than that though. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, so I did that. I So I take the booze, I take it back to that sea captain, give it to him. He says, ah, oh, thank you. And he says, here, I'm going to drink this alcohol, hold these sea charts for me, and then I just ran away. Darn. And I took okay. him back to Mendez, and he said, all right, I've rented a boat. Here you go. And then I got in the boat, and I went out toward the trackless sea, and then the boat crashed. Domp, domp, there we go. There we go. All right, so tell us about Durlag's Tower. Hmm. So, yeah, when you get to Olgoth's Beard and you talk to a few people, there are a few breadcrumbs that lead you to this tower. Um, one is this dwarf in the inn. His name is, uh, looks like Stoneblade, a Hergen Stoneblade. And he uh, wants you to retrieve his grandfather's Soul Taker dagger, which seems like a really badass thing for just your granddad to just have around. Seems like no like, one should have that. Yeah, I like it makes you like he kind of was was casting his his granddad as you know he's just a dude with the Soul Taker dagger, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like like an old keepsake. But um, so that was one breadcrumb. Like, there was it also keeps a t- something. It does. It is a. It is a uh, a keepsake, um, and there was a tour guide who was selling tickets um, and little artifacts, um, to, in from Durlag's Tower. And he's like, "Hey, meet me over at Durlag's Tower. I'll, I'll give you a tour." So there are a few um, breadcrumbs, but interestingly enough, and this is kind of an aside, uh, there was a after I finished this whole quest. I was looking on YouTube because our content's on YouTube and like one of the related videos was a video on on Durlag's Tower. And I watched that video. And in it, the the narrator, this a YouTuber, talks about how brilliant this expansion is designed. Is this like the game critics or whatever those guys are? Called? I have I, I, I have willfully blocked the identity of this person from my memory. We'll link to it. I, I think I know what you're talking about. This is be, this video is being kind of famous right now. This is like a, a much talked about video. But the, the thesis of the video is how well Durlag's Tower in particular is designed. And one of the reasons why it's so well designed is that the the author of the video says that you you generally will discover Urgoth Olgoth's um Durlag's tower rather organically like in the in the early to mid game because it's just it's not up near Olgoth's beard near the end game content it is down like basically north of Nashkel mines south of Nashkel like in that jumble of zones and the author of the video says, oh, well, most players will discover this and then they'll get to a point and they'll be like, whoa, it's high level. I need to come back here later. So that did not happen for me. So no. I don't know if I'm in the 5%. I, 
I feel like I explored a lot of these areas relatively thoroughly. I never saw Durlag's Tower. Like, so it, it, I, I, I got to the point where I was going to Durlag's Tower and I was looking around the top half of the map and I was like, what the hell? Where is it? And it was a genuine surprise to see it down there. Um, you go down to Durlag's Tower and the very first fight are the horrors that you fight when you fight. I think it's Railatar, right? Mm, in yeah, the yeah, yeah. in the bottom of the mines, there there were those two horrors, um, like skeletal horrors, basically with the flaming swords. Mm-hmm. Um, still, very difficult fight, um, just like it was then. And uh, they're they're kind of like aimed to be gatekeepers, basically. Like, hey, don't don't move past this if you can't beat these horrors. Oh, okay. Little, and, like a gear check. Exactly. Yeah, and so. Um, you get to the inside of Durlag's tower and you get all of this backstory about how Durlag was this old dwarf and he basically got all this treasure and the treasure attracted some really unsavory people. And, but, and Durlag um, kind of did the whole dwarven thing of going insane and he started trapping all of his, all of his tower. Mm-hmm. And, and he was he a cannibal all- too. Yeah, just a bunch of just bad stuff. Mm-hmm. I had someone tell me this whole thing on like an unrelated quest. And um, so I'm taking the tour of the entrance of the tower and a demon knight shows up and kills everybody on the tour. So, A, how did these people get on this tour? They had to walk through a gear check to get here. Mm-hmm. So that's some real suspension of belief that we're already engaged in here. And uh, second, why? Where? Who is this demon knight? Where did he come from? None of that is explained. It is a demon knight. He's real mean. He's mm-hmm. here to claim the treasure of Durlag's tower. Um. So I, I, I set off. Now, Durlag's tower is like the end game content of this this game. This is the most difficult part of the game. Yeah. Um. It is a old school Gygaxian type. Not even Gygaxian, like a hell dungeon on the on the level of like Temple of Elemental Evil. There are traps every five feet. Um, in order to advance from floor to floor, you have to do some riddle or puzzle or gimmick. And you've got to like, you got to know all the lore and you got to read all this stuff. So, I mean, it says if, right here in the uh, in in our show notes, you have written a bunch of bullshit and resting. Yeah. So you I like I said I am a barbarian. I cannot detect or disarm traps. Mhm. So you have to imagine like the real life narrative of this if you were to write it like if uh, R.A. Salvatore wrote this as a book. It would be Balthazar takes five steps squinting into the darkness. Click. He feels pressure underneath his foot as a as a as a as a you know a metal plate gives way. Oh no, he thinks. A fireball rips into him from the distance. Oh well, Balthazar says. He sits down and rests a week. Then he <laughs> then he stands and moves another five feet. And that would that that is the entirety of this entire tower. So you know how Tazok went on had enough time to go on a vacation? Yeah. Since my 
Tazok has died of natural natural causes <laughs> at this point. Like I'm pretty sure we can call that in, call the promise made. I don't see how anything lives that long. Yeah, how many days do you have in your save game? I'll I tell you what, I will send you the picture and we will insert it here. We will insert how many days uh Balthazar has been I'm at, I'm at like 110, I think. Okay. That'll be interesting. Um so yeah, I'm not going to go into it because v- virtually within the first 20 minutes of this of this uh dungeon, I made a I made a decision that you know what, I am not going to organically figure ev- every one of these puzzles out. Mhm. Because I just have things to do in my in my actual life, and it's uh, some of these some of these puzzles are like I don't know. For example, the very first one, there are like five or six of these ghostly dwarves, and they each have a riddle, and you have to do something in the level to trigger that riddle. And some of it's as simple as going into a room, and uh, and other others is like, oh, there's a riddle, and the answer's love, so you have to make wine by going to like you have to find grapes in a part of a dungeon, then take it to a press, and then like ferment it, and then bring the wine back to that dwarf. And one, you've got to know to click the tiniest two pixels on this gong to ring a gong and like the only way you would know how to do that is to like slowly sweep your mouse cursor across every pixel of every room to make sure you're not missing anything i bet there was like a book to tell you to ring that gong maybe i don't think so read like 50 books bro (laughs) read like 50 books no it's true um there's that one uh, so basically, I think you can just, uh, I know you don't have any of this footage. You did not do any of this. No. So what you can do is you can just go to the game Banshee walkthrough like I did and just kind of scroll through it. And that can be the footage as I'm talking about this. Cause that's what, that's what my okay. playthrough was like. Okay. Um, there were a bunch of riddles that required me to read all of the tomes that in, in, in like the library. So I looked at game Banshee to make sure I got those right. Um, didn't even need to, because generally when you failed, it just damaged you with a fireball, so you could just, like, rest and, and do it until you got it. Had to, like, fight elementals. Like, there were four rooms with, like, ice, fire, etc., so I had to, like, mm-hmm. get some potions of fire breathing for one of those and that kind of stuff. Wait, do you have to, like, uh, leave this place and then come back? Um, No, I generally just rested there. Oh, Okay. Um, I have, I, I've, I've collected and haven't sold any of my potions, and, like, I've got that potion container. Oh, man. Let me tell you what I did. Oh, man. I spent the first 20 minutes of this, like, play session where I did all of this, going and getting the scroll case and the potion case, mm-hmm. after we talked about that, and then a very helpful uh, commenter on one of our videos said where both of them were. Yeah, that's right, and they made a correction. I was wrong about one of them, but yeah. Really changed Thanks so much. Life. Yeah. No, I bet it did. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's all I had to say about that. It's vital. It's vital. I don't know how you were doing it before. Probably because you had so much inventory space. I had, uh, like, everybody's inventory was full of potions and uh, scrolls. That's just it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, eventually... There's a, there's a boss mm-hmm. fight? Yeah, eventually you get down to the bottom, and you and you confront the demon knight. Mm-hmm. And there's this gimmick that I didn't read about. Like, there's something about, oh, there's a mirror there, and you can blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I am not doing that gimmick. I do not give a fuck. I am so <laughs> pissed off, both in real life and Balthazar, <laughs> of, like, having to do this. Mm-hmm. That I was just like, I'm f- fuck that gimmick. I'm going to murder you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then the bad guy says, hey, thanks for doing me a favor. I just needed, I needed to lure you down here to clear out all the traps because I'm going to like, I'm going to start a, a gang of people and an army and I'm going to have, I'm going to have wait staff in here and I'm going to open up a hard rock cafe and I needed all these traps disarmed and you did that for me. Ha ha ha. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to kill you. I'm just going to murder <laughs> you so hard. You're never going to start that hard rock cafe. I don't get it. You're never going to get the small business loan to allow you to franchise. So, yeah, the key to this fight, very pretty difficult fight, um, was... Well, I the key a... sounds like the gimmick yeah. that you ignored. No, I did not use the gimmick. Okay. So the key to me winning this fight was I have a cloak that gives me... Basically, if I'm invisible, I, I'm, like, super invisible. I don't know what the name of the cloak is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I drank a... Before I triggered the dialogue, I drank an invulnerability potion, one of those potions, and most importantly, a potion of speed. Mm-hmm. Because when you've got a two-handed sword and you're slashing and doing as much damage as I am, like, doubling the attack rate is huge. Mm-hmm. So I did all those. Um, with the invisibility potion, he does an aggro... Um, until I'm right next to him, so I'm just able to, like, outrace him. And I'm not able to outrace him without the potion, like, the haste potion. That Like, it would be impossible otherwise. So it's a pretty tight fight. It's, it's like, super tight. It's like a DPS race, cool. basically. Because he's, he's hitting everything. And if, I, if he aggros before I, I, like, approach him, he's able to get off his own haste spell. So Dang. it's, like, it's very important that I, like, initiate the fight right next to him. Um, but yeah, I, I beat him. I get the, the soul taker dagger and some other stuff. And, uh, and I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I head back to, uh, I head back to good old, old goth's beard. The moment I get there, a cultist steals the dagger. From you? From me. Just like out of my control. A cultist rolls up to me right, right at the entrance said, ha, I'm taking this dagger. And then, um, like, I, I'm confronted by cultists, and I basically tell them, I am going to murder all of you. Like, yeah. I, I don't even care. You, your name is cultist. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all, all the information I need to know. These, these fights are so much harder than the demon boss fight. Really? Yeah, there are multiple of them. Like, there are rogues that are, like, dealing backstab damage oh, against cool. me. Yeah, sneak attack damage. So I have to, like, kill a few, zone out go to like hike eight hours to the nearest place because nothing's near Olgoth's beard no um rest there come back do the do the thing um and i I, like kill a bunch of cultists on the way to the house um it's like chandelar's house basically but Mm -hmm. it's the house on the far uh west side of the the, so mm -hmm. i went in there in the Mm -hmm. basement there's like a creepy like cult circle yeah but there was nothing in there so I didn't worry about it. And I was there before I finished Durlag's Tower, but um before I went there, I I talked to uh I talked to good old Stoneblade, Hergen Stoneblade, and he was like, Man, you gotta get that dagger. It's really dangerous. And I was like, Well, no shit. Um So I go into that building and I have to kill all of these fucking cultists. The really fun thing is there's one cultist blocking the door. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to him, he triggers and a bunch of other cultists like come out of the woodwork of surrounding buildings. Dang. 
And I tried that fight several times, and it was just very difficult. And I was figuring this is going to take me like 45 minutes to like lure these guys to the edge and then zone kill them the way I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And so after like three times, I just walk past him. And if you don't initiate dialogue, it's fine. <laughs> so he's not actually blocking the door. <laughs> I finished this entire expansion. That cultist is still guarding a door with nothing behind it. Good on him. Funny, yeah. Um, I get in there, and there is a there is a ritual taking place in the basement, and um, and a gargantuan greater demon is summoned. Awesome. And he just starts ripping through them, doesn't he? Oclatex, Oclatex, or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of vaguely Mayan or something, and. yeah, so it's like an interesting fight because there are six cultists around, and it's he's a very this thing he she it, it is a very difficult demon to kill, mm-hmm. and if you kill it and one of the cultists are alive, it will just become the cultist oh, cool. with full hit points. So the key to the fight is you have to kill all of the cultists before you even target the demon. That's um, awesome. So that requires some like little movement finagling and some potions of speed to like outrun this thing because it's like basically as fast as I am with a potion of speed. So, but eventually I get lucky. I kill it and then nothing, nothing. I go to, I go to Hergen with the, with the dagger. He says, Oh, thanks. Well, well, that's it. That is it. That is the, that is like the culmination of the in game content of this game. Did you, you kill that demon? I don't know. We we have a we have a long standing tradition of not googling things. That's I made an true. exception for Durlag's Tower. That wasn't really googling. That was game bansheen. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah. Well, that's so a yeah, I I murdered like a greater demon, like basically on par with a Balor. I think. Well, right? I think they are. I think they like the greater demon in this game is just like the because it's got the pinchy claw hands, right? Yeah, well, there's, like, different classifications. I guess Balor is, like, the the subtype or the clade, and you can get more specific. But there are, like, the ones that start with a G that are, like, big um, umber hulky type things. Yeah. And Balor is, like, the, the typical, like, when you think of the Balrog and the big mm-hmm. wings and the whip. Mm-hmm. This was not either of those. It was the, like, thin, really, really big, but, like, really long spindly limbs and, like, some, some big old teeth. It was... You know, from the I, ice I, plane. It was difficult for me to Google that to figure it out. A we'll, because we'll we out. have a long-standing tradition of not doing that. B because I don't know. That's hard. That's hard to do. Demon in forgotten realms with long, spindly limbs. Might be a, a devil demon. too. Might be a devil. I don't Could know. Could be a devil. Yeah, but so I killed it and nothing happened, and that was uh, that was it. Well. GG. Yep. Yep. But in the meantime, so if we're like taking this concurrently, mm-hmm. I'm murdering a planar entity single handedly. Wait. And like hold on, taking hold down on. a cult. There's something. Mm-hmm. Guess what time it is? Oh my god, what time? Time is for it? the Elminster Minute. So uh, I finally finished Elminster, the making of a mage. Whoa! I did. I did it. 
And uh, so a couple things happened. I'm, like, I was only halfway through the book the last time that we did an episode. But uh, so there was a, a lich in Elminster who was Elmara at the time. He's a, mm-hmm. uh, he's a woman at the time. Um, goes up to into this floating castle of a lich and takes their, like, or her, takes her, like, adventuring party up there. And then all of them die. Every single one of them, except for Elmara. And she learns how to be a wizard. They also, were the manure necessary for her to find her full potential. Mm-hmm. Also, by the end of that book, uh, Elminster has sex with the goddess of magic. Damn. Well, that's it for the Elminster minute. <laughs> Man, well, I, I, I guess, are you going to continue to read other Elminster theme books to to feed this segment? It took a lot out of me to read one. <laughs> I don't know. I, that might be that might not be a recurring segment that ever happens again. Well, we might we might continue it on for season one, and maybe we'll find a different segment for for, for the next expansion. Uh huh. Yeah, I think I think so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that happened to you. Sorry, that was a bit, but yeah, that Balthazar, you were saying before the Elminster minute happened, uh, that yeah, you can just kill like an extra planar deity, or not deity, mm-hmm. but figure. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. I cool. mean, a thing that has worshippers, cultists. Well, had. Mm-hmm. Had six mm-hmm. at least. <laughs> yeah. Had a lot more, probably in the dozens, and I and I avoid. There's like still a dozen more hiding in a barn that have just never gotten the signal from the guy got guarding the uh, the door. Dang, <laughs> just sitting there. They've ran out of saltines. <laughs> uh, still have spam though. Mm. Saving it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so I. So did you die? Did the boat crash and then I died and the game it? was over? Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. No reloading. No. I, yeah. It's pretty messed up. It's a pretty bad way to go. No, so I like wash up on the shore, and there's this like commune of people, and they all kind of talk weird. Like they 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 like speak a non-standard English, but like fantasy non-standard English. Like what would people who are trapped on an island sound like? Hmm. You know, so it does. It's not like a different language. It's just like not great common English. Mm. And so they're like, so we wander around. I talk to their like leader, and she says, "Hey, look, we live on this island. On the other other side of the island, there are beasts. If you kill those beasts, we'll try to help you get off the island because we've been trying to build a boat." I said, "Okay, because I want to get off this island." Sure. This is pretty simple at this point. Like, there's not a lot of complicated stuff going on here. So I go into the next screen, and I just start getting my ass handed to me as hard as possible by wolf wares. Not werewolves, mind you. Wolf wares. Well, hold on. I don't know the difference, and I can't <laughs> tell you what it might be. Maybe a wolf wear is always an anthropomorphic wolf, but on the full moon they turn into people. That could be true, because mo- all of these were always anthropomorphic wolves. Hmm. So, take that as you will. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so just... I mean, when you say these fights are hard, you've had you've had difficulty with combat. It's not really your thing in this game. These are trash mobs, and they are smashing me apart. <laughs> these are like in the forest hanging out monsters. Mm-hmm. These things respawn. 
Oh my god. Yeah, so I had to kill a bunch of them just to level up to not die to the trash. So I was oh. in... This took me four hours. I texted so, you earlier today <laughs> to tell you that this took me four hours. You, um... Huh. So I guess you're underleveled for this content. Okay. Well, I, well I'll explain in a minute. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm underleveled. I think my party composition's not great. Hmm. I don't think my item level, like if we think of item level as like a big generic number, it's just not high enough. Hmm. Um, I, I think everyone in my party has at least a plus one weapon, and plus one weapons are not good enough, basically, hmm. for some of these monsters. So I wander around the island. I, I like kill a few of these beasts, and basically what I'm looking for is the shipwreck of the ship of Baldurin, like I, like I talked about at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. So I find it. This is a four-level tall ship. Why that is true, I don't know. Hmm. So first level has, I will say, conservatively, 12 monsters in it. Mm-hmm. And so this begins my like long-form process of setting up summon skeletons and hasting everybody and fireballing monsters as they come out of the thing one by one. Of the next three hours of my life, are you casting fireball into the into the fog of war? No, because there is no fog of war. This is inside, so I'm like leading them. It's basically like inside of a little house and then outside of a little house. Oh, and I'm waiting outside a little house. So yeah, so first first level's got like twelve monsters, kill them all. Second level's got like eight monsters, I kill them all. Third level's got like eight monsters, I kill them all. And this is taking forever. <laughs> it's taking so long. I get to the last one, and inside of the the top floor, it's only like four monsters, four wolfwares, but one is a greater wolfware that has to be hit by a plus three weapon or greater. Whoa, how do you know that? Because I tried to kill this thing for 40 minutes, (laughs) like over and over and over again, and I couldn't do it, so I finally looked it up. It's like a hotly contentious part of this of the enhanced edition in particular because wolfwares in the uh, in Baldur's Gate two have regenerating health. They didn't have it in the original Baldur's Gate and Sword Coast Tales of the Sword Coast expansion. Mm-hmm. So this thing needs to be hit by plus three weapons or greater, and it has regenerating health. And oh so, my god! So literally. I cast, uh, I was able to start casting Hold Person on it. I was holding it, surrounding it with all six members of my party who were all hitting it, and it was regenerating faster than I could deal damage to it. Oh, God. Yeah, it was awful. So, yeah, so I, like, read these threads on the, like, Enhanced Edition forums to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to do. And this is when I was like, maybe I'll just use console commands and kill it. (laughs) Like, maybe it's just worth it to, like to get through the game you know just for the sake of this podcast to get mm. through it but I didn't do it because at the top level of this thing of this ship on a table there's the sword of Baldurin which is like plus four it's mm. like a gold sword it's really only good against lycanthropes apparently so I cast I got Minsk this is like my grand operation that I built to. 
I get Minsk, who has the most hit points of anyone in my party. Yes, high six. strength. Uh, no, Kivan has high. Kivan strength. has the highest strength. High strength for like a melee guy. So I have. So I. Oh, this doesn't even. I'm just choosing him because of how many hit points he has. He has 66 hit points. <laughs> okay. I cast haste on him, and I cast invisibility on him, and I send him up to the top floor. I have him grab the the sword off the table and then run away. And then I equipped him with the sword, and then we killed that stupid monster by casting every debuff I could summon on it and then hold personing it and just having him wail on it with haste. Did it still take a while? It's Yeah, yeah, it took multiple attempts, but that's how I Well, did in it. terms of, like, once he was hitting the monster, did it take many hits to kill the monster? Oh, yeah, because I... So I actually ended up having him with the plus three bastard sword against shapeshifters... And then I had Kivan use the uh, the Sword of Baldurin. Mm. And so the two of them hitting it, uh, it was still pretty touch and go when I finally killed <laughs> it. Because it was just Dainy here and Ticklevar shooting it with magic missile the whole time. Oh, by the way, wolf wares have magic resistance. So just because. They, they so they resisted half damage all the time. Damn. So I finally did that. Got a spell book from that um and got like Baldurin's log of what he was up to like because this is like 300 years ago when he crashed on this island Mm -hmm. so apparently this is a cool little story thing so i find Baldurin's mage like the dude who was the mage on the ship he's just hanging out in a little shack i give him his spell book and he just Mm -hmm. teleports away he doesn't even Did, say thank you. Doesn't even say anything? Doesn't say anything. Says he's like, oh, thank God. And then he whoop, flips away. Um, but he before that, he says, look, what happened was that Baldurin and I and, and like 50 other people sailed across the ocean. We fought some bad dude on a continent and stole a bunch of his treasure. And then as we were coming back over the ocean, we stopped here to get new fresh water for our boat. And... The guy that they had stolen from had cursed them, and so his uh, the troops, like the just regular Joes, all turned into lycanthropes and killed everybody else. Oh no! So they didn't really wreck there so much as like get stuck there because lycanthropes. So that's what everyone on the island is. It's just two warring groups of lycanthropes. So even the people that like hired you out, yeah, they're from lycanthrope faction A. Mm-hmm. So I go back to them. And I say, "Look, I've killed this other faction. Uh, now you got to help me get off the thing." And uh, their leader says, "Well, you know what? I've already infected you with lycanthropy, so deal with it." Uh, but here's the. This is the only like cool twist to it. Everything else is like whatever. This is cool. So when she says that, her like second in command says, "Hey, we are pure blooded. These people are from the outside. They're not pure blooded. They can't become part of the pack." And then there's a faction split. Oh, damn. Yeah. And so I like had to run around and went and got in some catacombs. And then I ran to the boat that they had made. And she, their leader had beaten me to the boat. And I killed her. And then ran away. Wow. Sailed back over the ocean. Oh, something I forgot to say. So when I was on my way back, after killing that other faction, I ended up uh, running through the forest like with haste on mm-hmm. and a bunch of respawning enemies came up behind me 
and they were trying to attack me. And so I just went to the next screen thinking they wouldn't be able to follow me and they could follow me. And so Ooh. I just Benny Hilled my way. I was like, okay, look, <laughs> I'm going to definitely, the guards of this place are definitely going to help me kill these wolf wares. So I literally Benny Hill my way through the whole thing and no one helped me. No and so it was me you. with like six wolf wares chasing me around, killing my dudes one by one. It's a real, it's a real bummer. Wow, there might you might have done more content. I don't know. Durlag's Tower no. took a very long time, and I kind of breezed through a lot of the stuff because I didn't want to describe like there was one room with three greater doppelgangers, and they would all cast haste, and then they'd wail on you, and you had to like wait. You had to like wait run away. You had to wait until they were out of spells. Basically, you had to just camp and like and rest until they stopped doing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Mine definitely was like narrative story content. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I did. So when I come back, I talk to this Mendez guy, and he's like, "Hey, where's my wife?" And I was like, "I didn't." I was like, "I killed all of those people. They attacked me. I'm sorry." And he was like, oh, dang, they were supposed to kill you and then come back. And we were supposed <laughs> to like be able to live here together. And I said, well, I'm sorry about that. And uh, so he like, you know, explodes and turns into a werewolf. And I just ran away. <laughs> I like ran out of the house. And when I came back in, his second in command had turned into a werewolf, but he hadn't. Hmm. And when he turns into the werewolf and you kill him, that's what cures you of lycanthropy because you've killed like the the pack alpha basically. And so I had to make two save games because I, I think I might still have like entropy <laughs> in one of them. Cool. Like if there's a flag that's like, you're a lycanthrope. Yes. No, I think I might've glit messed up one basically. Hmm. So I have two save games at the end. You're going to end up with four. Cause like each one of those are going to branch out onto whether or not you're poisoned. Like there's going to be a oh. save game where you still have lycanthropy, you're poisoned and you have no way of like getting rid of either of those conditions. That's bad. Oh man, what a rough time. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so, yeah. So what are what are your impressions of Tales of the Sword Coast? Hmm. It seems like a lot of energy was put into those two things, mm-hmm. like the two things we've covered here today: Elgoth's beer or uh, Durlax Tower, and then Werewolf Island. Hmm. Werewolf Island, both of them seem to be content based around being hard. Yeah. I don't think the narrative content was as good as the main game. Like, I'm actually really impressed with Chapter 5 of the main game because so much has changed in Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. And so many people have new things to tell you. Like, in every screen I went to looking for the Blushing Mermaid, someone stopped me to give me, like, another update about it. Yeah, no, you know, the commoners, I imagine, are talking about, like, the political moves that are mm-hmm. being made. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, the Iron Throne. One was really cool. It was like, uh, he was like, oh, the Iron Throne are making bad decisions. Or they're being awful or something. I was like, yeah, it was pretty messed up how they caused that iron crisis. And he was like, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then I was like, well, what are you talking about? And he said, uh, well, you know, Saravok is their new leader, and it looks like he's tanking their business. Cause he Wait, wants this to be- person didn't even know about Nashkel and no, the Iron Crisis? No, no, This person's like the Gary Johnson of the, the sword. <laughs> Wait, what's Nashkel? Is what's Nashkel? A- the Nashkel Mines? <laughs> is that a... No, is that but, an acronym, Nashkel? No, but he knew that like the uh, he knew that the Iron Crisis had happened, 
but not the Iron Throne's role in it, right? So this just speaks to Ticklevar and company. It's just bad. You don't you don't have the kind of public outreach that you need. Bad PR. You need a bard. Yeah, you gotta get a bard on on staff. You gotta get a Which network of bards. Wasn't there wasn't there one over in Nashville? Volo. Volo was there. Volo was there. Wasn't there a bard at some point? Like a I'm scald sure. that we. I'm sure. Yeah. Not for me. Who was it that introduced us to uh, to that rogue that tried to kill us? Yeah, like he was like, "Hey, I'll give you two hundred gold." Remember that's that. Oh in, in one of yeah, the first he is city? a bard. He is a bard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Worthless though. She was she was like a a wizardess, a wizard. Yeah. Because she was trying to kill those dudes who were mm-hmm. like who she had like hired or something. We've we've done we've seen a lot of things in this game. We've, seen we've come a long way. I think the uh, the kind of arc that um, we've been presented with is pretty darn compelling. Like that, the our relatively humble beginnings of mm-hmm. me, you know, being a steamroller and rolling through Nashville mines, killing everything. To me, being a steamroller and uh, and killing small cults and religions and and their deities. That's this is actually the second cult that you've killed too. Yeah. Including that cult of the undead guy. That's right. And if you killed enough druids, you could probably say you've done three. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting. And, uh, yeah, I'll definitely link that video about Durlag's Tower. I can't remember the name of the channel that does it, but it's that, the really big, like, uh, kind of, like, uh, general games criticism channel. Uh, mm-hmm. They're really well-known. Um. But yeah, I think it's kind of weird to point out Durlag's Tower as like a beautiful design kind of thing because, like you said, I, Durlag's Tower is a hundred percent like this D and D second edition module. Like, here's a bunch of stuff you have to do with a bunch of obstacles you have to get through that I just don't find compelling at all. But I think Baldur's Gate as a game is really, really interesting as a design thing. Like, I can't think of anything else that has this much like or at the time, right, has this much, uh, like, created content and this much narrative threading and this much interconnection between things. Like, some of these nodes seem really disparate, but they do really knit together in a really cool way. Yeah. No, and, and there's been a lot of uh, discussion in our channel about about criticisms we've we've leveled at the game's narrative and uh, and things that are things that are tied and things that aren't and. I mean, there obviously there are points like the big reveal about your status as a ball spawn and the way in which that's delivered. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway I've seen with the game thus far, and you know, we're we're here wrapping it up. I mean, next episode is episode ten. We're probably we're probably doing it. We're probably going all the way. Yeah, I think say. the next episode is the last Baldur's Gate one episode. Yeah, and uh, overall, very impressed, and I just feel like the game's aged so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really impressed. And I'm really excited to do Siege of Dragon Spear too, since it's the most recent content. But let's not uh let's not get ahead of ourselves. We I've still got a Tazok to kill. And you know what? I think I think you'll probably get to. God, let's hope. If he's still if he's still around, if he hasn't retired. 
if he hasn't. So, um, so yeah, so thanks everyone for listening to this episode, listening slash watching. Uh, as I said at the top of the episode, if you really like this, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button if you want to see more of these or any of the other kind of content that we made. As of today, when we recorded this, which dates the recording, but uh, the last episode of our Beyond Two Souls uh, Let's Play uh, came out. Uh, if you want to support this show, uh, our Patreon link is at the bottom. And if you want to check us out on Facebook, you can do that too. You'll get you'll get memes. I'm gonna share the memes with you. Mm-hmm. Some content, some just gen- generic content. Uh, it looks like, uh, like we were just talking about, that episode ten will be our last Baldur's Gate one episode, and then episode eleven will be our kind of like lore wrap up episode. So we'll hopefully talk about the uh the background for Baldur's Gate how are you doing on your novel reading it's uh it's a real process but they're all they're all on my kindle I'm I'm getting through it okay yeah I need to start reading them too Mm mm-hmm all right well yeah so thanks everybody for uh listening and watching we look forward to talking to you in the comments really healthy comment section still I'm really impressed with that I'm really impressed with the conversations we have down there well, thank, thanks so much, everybody. Yeah, thank you so much. Goodbye. Ciao. So saith the wise Alondo. Psst.